been six weeks since I've been using Ned's Hemp Formula. I use it during the day, and then I use the night formula before sleep. And what have I been noticing is that my sleep has been improving over six weeks. How do I know? Well, I'm referencing my aura ring. And in my aura ring, I'm able to see, wow, over this past six weeks, my sleep has not only become longer, but the quality has been better. My deep sleep has improved. And what I love about it, particularly in the night formula, is that it's not just CBD, but it's also different herbs that help promote sleep. It's a brilliant formula, actually. So what was the reason I chose to, one, put Ned in my body, two, try it for six weeks, and three, support it on the show, is because if you go on the website, you're going to be able to see the company, their mission, their dedication to quality. You can go read the certificate of analysis for all of their products and their ingredients in there. It's one of the most transparent websites I've ever seen, actually. And as I mentioned in the past, I spoke to the founder and they're dedicated in helping people with high quality products. The passion is out there for education and you know the ethos is there and that's what the company, the ethos is there and you wanna get behind a company like that, always. So why is Ned the top CBD? It's a full spectrum one, right? So you're gonna get all of the cannabinoids in there. It's organically grown. You know how I am about pesticides. You know how I am about herbicides. Organically grown hemp seeds from Paonia, Colorado. They have a 40 degree slow cold extraction on their hemp flowers. So they're preserving the integrity. They have zero isolates, no synthetic ingredients. As I mentioned, go on the website and check for yourself. So full spectrum CBD is going to be helpful for sleep as it was for me, but also can help with insomnia, right? It also can help as an anti-inflammatory. Pain reliever may help anxiety, PTSD may help depression. It's a rich source of antioxidants. May help treat some more serious chronic conditions like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, epilepsy. So it's part of my morning ritual. Every morning I'll do my grounding, I'll do my meditation, take a cold shower, and then I'll do my morning supplements and the Ned Day formulas in there. And then at night when I do my sleep hygiene ceremony ritual, then I'll use the sleep formula. So as a give back for being a Heal Thyself listener, you're gonna receive 15% off of your first purchase or 20% off of your first membership purchase. Memberships offer many great perks, we know that, includes 15% off of every single purchase. So go to helloned.com slash DRG and enter the code DRG, Dr. G, at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash DRG. You're gonna get 15% off of your first one-time purchase or 20% off of your first subscription order plus free shipping. Welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you for joining us another week. What an excellent, excellent show we have. Put together something really nice because um, so many of us, especially we have, a, we have a large base of female listeners who are suffering with hormonal issues, whether it be estrogen dominance or really low, low levels of estrogen. So what I wanted to put together is a hormone show based on estrogen. Everyone is affected with it. Everyone is affected with an imbalance some way, somehow. Why? Because of the food we eat or the things we're exposed to, right? There's a lot of things out there, but today I'm going to teach you how to recognize if you do have an imbalance in your uh, estrogen levels and what you can do about it. How do we optimize it? So some really good tips coming up. Also, what to ask your doctor and special guests. So we have Mike. Mike's my guy. Here's why. Mike founded the BioLite. The BioLite is something that I use all the time. So you may have seen in my stories where I'm using a red light. It's shining and illuminating the whole story, but there's some evidence-based, really good benefits. So uh, we're going to learn about them, how to optimize our mitochondria, right? Which are basically markers, the energy centers, the markers of our long-term health. So really important stuff for longevity, as well as knowing about overall, how do we just be our highest selves? And that's the theme of the show, right? Empowerment. We're giving you the information you're doing with it, what you'd like, leading you to water, all right? So without further ado, let's learn about some hormones. All right, the hormone show is here. You might remember last week I covered cortisol. I really went into cortisol, what it does and how it creates a forest fire in our body. And I went into its balancing agent, DHEA, and where it's found and how we balance it. So really important for us to understand hormones in itself can be three shows, four shows. So I really want to highlight the really important points for us to understand. The way I think about hormones is, especially sex hormones, which I'm really covering right now, it's a very sensitive system. It's always in flux. There's intricacies left and right. And what we know is that when one is in balance, the chances are another one might be out of balance or there'd be overcompensation. 
But today I want to talk about, for both men and women, about estrogen, okay? And the, the, the really interesting thing about hormones as a whole is they have a synergistic communication, right? It's between the brain and the organs, and then the organs will feed back to the brain, and the brain will go, okay, I'll reduce those stimulating hormones, okay, and then we, it's, it's a circle. It's a circuit where we want to optimize that circuit. We want to optimize communication, but we also want to remove the things that imbalance and affect our hormones. So I want you to understand this concept. Hormones are balanced for many different reasons, right? They're very sensitive. So if you think of things from like sleep, disrupted sleep, poor sleep, not enough sleep, electronics, that blue light that I talk about so much, poor quality foods, inflammatory foods, toxic exposures like plastics, heavy metals, pesticides, infections, inflammation, chronic stress. We also have genetic predispositions that we see epigenetically through the environment. There's a stimulus that express different sort of disruptions in our body. So what I want to bring to light is not only what affects our hormones, but how do we mitigate those effects and optimize our health. So let's start with estrogen, right? For both men and women, you know, women produce a lot more estrogen than men, but yes, men, fellas, we got some estrogen in us, all right? But estrogen regulates growth, development, and physiology of the human reproductive system, right? It's a super important sex hormone. But for women, they're going to be producing the estrogen primarily through their ovaries, premenopausally, but then postmenopausally, it's mostly going to come from adrenal androgens. But the hormone has an expansive reach. It binds different organs throughout the body and has physiological effect once it's binding. So what are the symptoms of low estrogen? Well, we know there are a few. Bone loss, thinning of the bone, hot flashes, insomnia, joint pain. We may see some skin, issue, skin issues, skin itching, low sex drive, painful sex, right? What about persistent UTI? What happens is the urethra starts thinning mood swings, brain fog, depression, all these changes you might see. Particularly think about when a woman's going through menopause, these really start coming up, but they can manifest for other pathological reasons before menopause, right? Breast tenderness, night sweats, vaginal dryness, weight gain, all right? So very important to understand that as much as we need estrogen, once it dips too low, Oh, there's a slew of symptoms. So what are some of the root causes of low estrogen? Well, excessive training, excessive exercise, really low body weight, extreme bouts of stress. You may notice that uh, you may have missed your period because you were super stressed this month. That means your estrogen is dipping to the ground, dipping to the toilet, right? Eating disorders, anorexia, pituitary gland dysfunction, where that initial signaling hormone is coming from, thyroid disorders like hypothyroidism. PCOS, cysts in the ovaries, fertility medications. If you're breastfeeding, your prolactin is going to be high. Well, that's going to reduce your estrogen. Smoking is going to reduce blood flow to your ovaries, autoimmune diseases, kidney diseases, even chemotherapy. And I mentioned medications, but also the pill, the patch, the ring, implants, injections, also opioids. These are all going to affect your estrogen. And naturally, we see it once you hit menopause. So think about if you fall into the category of some of these symptoms and this picture starts looking like you, because if it does, and I'll talk about it later, what tests to do, but if it does, it might be the time to start really checking for it um, in order to see, hey, what's going on? Do I have some sort of dysfunction? Was I diagnosed with PCOS in the past? And is my estrogen out of whack? Because really, it's going to be a very, very important hormone to keep in balance over time because it can predispose you to diseases down the line. What are some symptoms of elevated estrogen, right? Estrogen dominance, acne, dysmenorrhea. These are painful periods, painful cramps. Bloating, menorrhagia, which are heavy bleeding around your periods, right? Mood swings, sleep disruption, swelling in the body, cold hands and feet, low sex drive as well. Tenderness in the breast, you may notice cystic breasts, right? Fibroids in the uterus, weight gain. And men, we see erectile dysfunction gynecomastia, right? That's breast tissue, infertility, feminization. So high estrogen in men and women are going to predispose us long-term towards thyroid diseases, heart disease, stroke, breast cancer, ovarian cancer. So I remember when I was working in my residency, every patient who had breast cancer, ovarian cancer, we were always testing for 
their hormones, following their hormones very closely. And then after my residency, I was giving them all of the tests to follow their other hormones all the time because I wanted to see that they were metabolizing it correctly. What causes estrogen disruption? Hormonal contraceptives, estrogen supplementation, obesity, right? You're going to be creating through the enzyme more estrogen in the body, diabetes, PCOS, ovarian cyst, medications again coming up on the list, poor liver clearance, gut dysbiosis, constipation, systemic inflammation. You're also going to have it through consumer goods, exposure through cosmetics, home toxins, foods, plastics. You You heard me talk about this, heavy metals being some of the biggest culprits. But here is my favorite part about naturopathic and functional medicine, right? So say you saw this and you fall into one of these pictures and you go, oh man, I may have estrogen dominance or my estrogen may be down in the dumps. I need to go see a doctor. Well, conventionally, unfortunately for the most part, they're going to test one form of estrogen, maybe all three, but we're not going to be able to see how they metabolize in the body. Really important. We also need to see how progesterone complements it. Where's your cortisol? Where's your DHEA? We need to understand the full picture, how your testosterone looks, right? What's the full picture of the hormones? Are they, do, are they cycling and feeding back to the brain? Do they have all of the cofactors they need? This is a holistic view of hormones which we are totally missing in conventional medicine, unfortunately. So the beautiful thing about naturopathic or functional medicine is that you're not going to come in and we're going to give you a natural herb or a supplement or something to cover up the manifestation of the hormonal imbalance. The fact of the matter is, is that it's our job to look for the root cause, right? What is the hormonal imbalance? Why? So whether you're giving the body what it needs or removing the blocks for healing, that's what we want to look at. Are we supplying the body the balance it needs to balance estrogen, balance testosterone, balance progesterone, cortisol, DHA, all of those hormones? Are they balancing it naturally? Are we working with the body versus forcing your physiology with a medication? Right? And I'm not saying the medications are bad, but what I am saying is that they absolutely are not getting to the root cause of your hormone disruption. This is where the investigative angle for medicine comes in. This is the art. We want to look at the full picture. So what are the first three steps to balancing your estrogen, right? You may suspect yourself of having low or high estrogen. The first one is going to be removing plastics or endocrine disruptors in your life, particularly BPA or any of its analogs like BPAS. Removing the plastic bottles, canned foods, dental sealants, unfiltered water, thermal paper. All of these things are acting as xenoestrogens, right? So not only is it binding to receptors in various tissues in the body, but it's also blocking the healthy binding of other hormones that you need. You're also going to find endocrine disruptors in cosmetics, makeup, synthetic fragrances, materials in the home that are off-gassing, cleaning supplies. Why I talk about it so much. Our hormones are super sensitive to these endocrine disruptors. Number two, work on your digestive health. If you're constipated, it's going to affect your hormone balance, right? The microbes in your estrobolome, right? The bacteria in your gut that is metabolizing estrogen produce an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. This is what deconjugates estrogen into its active form. When the gut microbiome is healthy, this collection of bacteria produces a balanced amount of this enzyme. But when there's dysbiosis and constipation, this enzyme activity is going all over the place. And what's happening is recirculating unhealthy amounts of estrogen in the body. And number three, one of my favorite cruciferous vegetables. Man, if you're looking at the steroid pathway, right, and looking at all of the steroids and how they're breaking down, you'd see cruciferous vegetables having a beneficial part in almost every single step of the metabolic pathway. Why? These sulfur-rich foods are supporting liver metabolism. They're giving signals in our liver to rev up that detoxification process in the body. Indole-3-carbonyl, that's a compound found in these foods. It stimulates these enzymes, and thus now we're promoting a healthy hormone detoxification. And of note, you may have heard this before, but it's best to eat these compounds raw. Now, many of you, including me, can't eat them raw. So what I do is I steam them for about six minutes on medium-low, Uh, And I know that, yes, it's going to affect the enzyme that's creating indole-3-carbinol. About 50% of it's going to be gone, but I replenish it with mustard seed powder after I'm done cooking. That's going to replenish the enzyme and give us more of those constituents that are helping our hormone detoxification. So make sure you do both. All right, so you're probably wondering, what test should you be taking? And you heard me talk about it before, the Dutch test. The Dutch test is my favorite one. I'm telling you, I have no affiliation with them, but I'm such a fan Every single patient that I used to, when I was in clinic, that I used to see and client that I see now, concierge, what I do is I give them the Dutch test from the get-go. I need to see how their hormones are functioning. And what we're going to be able to see is cortisol, DHEA, estrogen, all three forms of it, but also it's metabolic breakdown forms, progesterone, testosterone. 
And in terms of estrogen, what we're going to see is in the metabolites, and this is super important, we're going to be able to see the three competing pathways of estrogen metabolism, which we're going to be able to understand. Is it favoring DNA damage, potentially leading us and predisposing us to cancer down the road? Or is it favoring the balance pathway, primarily going through the more metabolically protective pathway? Or are there issues with methylation? We can't convert a detox properly. We're going to be able to see that as a whole. A blood test, unfortunately, is not going to show you that. That's why a dried urine test is so, so important to look at your hormones. Additionally, we get to see organic acids. So we get to see how your B vitamins looking. What about dopamine? Oxidative stress. Remember, oxidative stress is what causes inflammation. Inflammation long-term is what's causing DNA damage. We get to see how much DNA damage is going on, right? What about your glutathione status? Such an important test. For me, it's a non-negotiable. This is so, so important for everyone to be doing, especially if you think or suspect that you have hormone issues. And then lastly, talk to your doctor, but he or she might recommend some really cool herbs or supplements for you, like Chase Tree, Vitex, B6, Vitamin E, Phytoestrogens in Food, Glutathione, you know I love that one, NAC, the precursor to it, DIM or indole-3-carbinol, what we find in those cruciferous vegetables, magnesium, so important for estrogen metabolism, especially when you're going down that healthy pathway, calcium deglucurate, fiber, so important for the gut. Remember I talked about the estrobolome and the role that it plays in estrogen detox, B vitamins, almost present in every single pathway, every single metabolic breakdown. So each one supports estrogen differently in its pathway, and its detoxification. So it's really important to have a targeted targeted approach towards treating your hormones and not just throwing a wide net and taking all these vitamins, minerals, and herbs and thinking that all of them are gonna balance it. They may, but what you really want is professional uh, guidance. And, uh, and again, as always, you can look at naturopathic.org for naturopathic doctor, ifm.org for a functional doctor to help really, really restore balance in your body. What the body wants to do, it's important for us to work with it. And having a doctor do that for you is the best way to balance your hormones. That's the estrogen one. I left testosterone out for a reason because we're going to go over testosterone. It's going to be its own show. And testosterone for all of us, balanced in women, optimized in men, that's going to be so, so important for longevity and overall health. So we'll do that one in a few shows from now. But really, I can't wait to go into this red light convo. You see me use red light before, infrared, and the reason why is there's really good data on the benefits of what it does in the body, and it's expansive. It hits different parts of the body and does different things in the body, So, I'm, and this guy who's coming on is the savant of red light, so uh, he has his own red light company, so we're really going to talk about some of the benefits and, and if it's right for you. All right, everyone, today's special guest, Mike Belkowski. He's the founder of BioLite. Now, if you followed my stories, all right, you may have seen me put a red light on my face, put a red light on my body. I talked about when I cut my finger, how it reduces swelling of the injury. It's one of my favorite things that I use every single day. And now we have the founder here. We're going to talk a little bit about what this red light therapy is, why it's taken over the health and wellness world. He's also a physical therapist, and he lives in Montana. So I want to find out about what are his nature biohacks and how he really gets closest to health. So Mike, thank you for joining the show, man. Thanks for having me on, Christian. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We've been in contact for probably like a year, a year yeah, and a half. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, Mike from BioLite, this is the guy. And you know, you, 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 you've, you've sent me these amazing devices, right? Which... Right when we got into contact, I sort of started learning a little bit about it. And what I found is that this seemingly red illuminating box is actually helping a lot. And the first thing that I noticed that it helped was when I had this really bad cut on my finger. And I'm like, oh my God, I may need stitches. Uh, I'm like, let me do two things. Let me clean it out, take care of it with some herbs and put it on the red light. And man, like eight days, I did a before and after. In eight days, it was almost completely gone. It was just like a light mark on my finger. That's when I was like, okay, I'm a full believer. <laughs> this stuff is real. Aside from the science, you sent me articles. But sure, like I want to know uh, how long you've been in this red light industry um, and, and what, what sort of things have you been finding out that is like, whoa, like this stuff is real. So my journey began specifically with red light therapy about two, two and a half years ago. And the backstory to me kind of uh, coming upon red light therapy is the way I practice physical therapy is actually pretty unique and not necessarily the colloquial allopathic way. Um, 
for people that have gone through physical therapy are probably familiar with you get assessed for your pain or whatever's going on, movement dysfunction. You're probably going to have some sort of strengthening, some sort of stretching, other modalities potentially, ultrasound, heat packs, that kind of stuff. And you'll see people for a couple times a week, or as a patient, you'll see a PT for a couple times a week. Probably six to eight weeks is pretty common for most types of pain. And when I started practicing right out of PT school, it just seemed like there had to be something better. There had to be something that was more more efficacious, more effective, got results quicker, and were longer lasting. I shouldn't have to see someone for 12 visits right. to reduce their you know, chronic or acute back pain. Yeah. And so the first certification I took post-PT school was dry needling. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had no idea really what it was or how powerful it would ultimately be. I was just intrigued by the concept of stabbing people with needles, improving their health. Yeah. So I took the course and I was just absolutely blown away at how many pathologies or injuries or pains you can treat with dry needling, how quickly you get results, and how long those results last. It's the best of all worlds. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why don't more people know about this? Why aren't more uh, medical practitioners or people in the health field utilizing dry needling and I think part of it is it's seen as non-scientific or woo-woo, if you want to use that word, right. or also the insurances don't reimburse for it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So if you're working under the insurance paradigm, which most people are, you're not getting reimbursed for it, so of course you're not going to use it. Right. So I set out, started my own cash-based PT practice in Missoula, Montana, uh, cash-based because then... I don't take insurances. Insurances can't dictate how I treat. So now I've opened the door for treating my patients how I want to with the mindset that I want to treat them as efficacious as possible, right. get them uh, as pain-free or moving as normally, as quickly as possible. And if I can get you better in one treatment, back to 100% perfect. And so I hung my head on dry needling. I started to build my name up in Missoula on dry needling. And so you could come in with, back pain, chronic migraines, shoulder pain, whatever, any type of pain, because it's all nerve-related, and that's what dry needling fixes. And I can significantly reduce your pain by at least 50%, a lot of times almost 100%, and it's long-lasting results. And so then that took me to the next couple of uh, non-traditional PT treatments that I fell upon, which was cupping, which I learned in the advanced dry needling course. And then I took up blood flow restriction training, got a certification in that. And then uh, recently, within the last year, I've got a hyperbaric chamber, started utilizing that as well. So those four treatments alone, dry needling, cupping, blood flow restriction training, hyperbaric, you're not going to see many PTs do one of them, let alone four. So that's a long-winded way of saying, I'm always looking for the most efficacious way to treat my patients, get them uh, well as quickly as possible. So I came upon the book of Red Light Therapy. And when I first got the book, even I was skeptical about, here's this, light of, or this book about light, really how much can it help? You know, I was, I was going in with pretty high skepticism, uh, but the Amazon reviews were good, and there was a lot of them. So I was like, I got to at least read it. Yeah. And so I started reading this book, and I was blown away at the mechanisms of which Red Light Therapy works on your physiology and your biology, and right away, there was multiple parallels with red light therapy <clears throat> and dry needling. And with dry needling be, being so amazing, as far as from my patient's perspective and how well it works, I knew there had to be something else in red light therapy as well, mm-hmm. as far as how powerful it was. And I had the same, the moment of aha of, if the research is so strong with red light therapy, if it can really do all it's purported to do, how come more people don't know about it? Right. And so I really dove into the research, read multiple books, and then I was curious, you know, what does the market have to offer? Like, what products are out there that I can get my hands on if I want to do red light therapy on myself or share it with friends and family? And so there was kind of two ends of the spectrum. One was very expensive products that I didn't really think or thought justified the price. And they incorporated a couple of things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, which is counterproductive if you're trying to treat your mitochondrion cells. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have kind of the very cheap products that are probably going to get cheap results. But so there was this 
huge void of in the market of high quality, more affordable. And so that's kind of where I felt BioLite could step in and fill the role there. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I got BioLite started a couple of years ago. Uh, to where it is today. The origin stories, that's really cool to hear, man, right. because, you know, I have this device and I'm, I'm like, this is helping. And, and that's, not, that's just to mention the cut. Like, I've had a few, like, injuries just working out. You know, I was really working out last year. And, you know, I'd, I'd like, nick, nick my ankle or my knees hurting me and or some swelling. But then on top of that, now I use it daily. And we'll go into how I use it because I want to ask you a few things. But the interesting part is that once I started looking into it, I went into the research and I was like, all right, let me just type in infrared, near infrared, far infrared, red light therapy. And I was like, whoa, like every single system from your skin to your musculoskeletal. But you mentioned mitochondria. And for the viewers and listeners, how is mitochondrial health? What is mitochondria? How's mitochondrial health really attached to what we see with the red light? What, what is it? Is that the root why, why we see benefit? As far light? as treating? As far as treating everything. Like, why does red light work? A yes. light that you don't, you know, like it may warm yep. up a little bit. Why is light working on our body? How is it working on our body? So yeah, there's a lot of different rabbit holes we could go down here. And I want to take one step backwards because you talked about you looking into the research. Yes. And so um, I just recorded my most recent solo episode for my podcast uh, about red light therapy. And in that podcast, I mentioned that uh, I did a quick Google search of the term photobiomodulation, mm -hmm. just to track it over time. And this was just random on my part. So I chose, again, photobiomodulation from 1900 to 1950. How many studies were there? Seven. Yeah. And then, so I'm like, okay, let's do the next 50 years. 1950 to 2000, how many studies were there? It was about 300, 350. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, quite a bit more compared yeah. to the previous 50. And so then I took a guess of what was probably gonna happen. So then I just broke up the next two decades. I did 2000 to 2010. And there was about um, 2,000 to 3,000 studies. Mm -hmm. And then from 2010 to present day, there were 11,500. Wow. Yeah. So massive exponential yeah. increase in the research and clearly the interest in photobiomodulation, which is the scientific term for red light therapy. But then as far as the impact and how can it treat so much and kind of the, the story behind the mitochondria, we have to learn about a couple of terms or, uh, I guess, uh, paradigms around uh, mitochondria. And the first term is heteroplasmy mm -hmm. or heteroplasmy rate. And this is, in essence, healthy or good mitochondria have low heteroplasmy rate, which means they're going to make a lot of energy. If you have uh, bad mitochondria, that means you're going to have a higher heteroplasmy rate, which is meaning they're making deficient energy or they're not making enough energy. And so what heteroplasmy essentially is, is that our mitochondria are in a constant state of growth and degradation or growth and repair. Mm -hmm. And when the mitochondria is getting copied, if there's too many mutations, that increases your heteroplasmy or your heteroplasmy rate. So again, in essence, if you're if your cells aren't healthy, if you don't have enough energy to properly replicate or properly copy the mitochondria, you're going to get more mutations per cell. And then if you have too many, you know, sick cells, we'll call them, then you're going to have unhealthy tissue, right. too much unhealthy tissue. Then you have uh, dysfunctional, non-working organs or sick organs, and then you have the whole systemic issue. But again, that's kind of, if we break it down backwards, or if we look at it another way, the healthier your mitochondria are, and there's thousands and thousands of mitochondria per cell, about two to 4,000 mitochondria per cell. So if you have too many dysfunctional mitochondria per cell, again, you're going to have tissues that are lacking energy, then you're going to have organs that are lacking energy. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Doug Wallace, who is the world expert in mitochondrial research, he's been doing it for 40 to 50 years. He's actually the one that found out that our mitochondria is passed down maternally just from our moms. Wow. You don't get any mitochondria from your dad. So, and with that being said, heteroplasmy rates can be passed down from mom to child. Mm -hmm. So if the mom has a higher heteroplasmy rate, that automatically sets up the child for an unhealthy life, potentially. And so with heteroplasmy rate, again, 
the higher it is, the less energy you're going to make. And Dr. Doug Wallace has purported and has posited that the lower amount of energy you have per cell, the more likely you're going to have disease. And so in the mitochondria, there's respiratory proteins where the um, electron transport chain, mm -hmm. where the electrons go through, one, two, three, four, five. And with these respiratory proteins, if you have a high heteroplasmia rate, they're stretched further apart from each other, mm -hmm. which means you have a higher likelihood of losing electrons as they go from one to two, two to three, and so on, right. until they get to five. So again, higher heteroplasmia rate, those respiratory proteins are stretched out, you're losing electrons, now you're not uh, producing as much energy, and also you're not... Uh, the mitochondria aren't producing as much water. That's the end product of mitochondrial production is ATP and water. Mm -hmm. And we'll have to come back to the water because that plays another role into the respiratory proteins. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're familiar with mitochondria, you know they're the powerhouse cells or the powerhouses of the cells producing energy and ATP. So Doug Wallace is taking this paradigm that we're currently in as far as the nuclear genome uh, really having an, an impact on our health and longevity. And he's proven that about 80% of current modern day diseases and uh, even cancers are from mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And again, it all comes back to energy. It all comes back to how many electrons do you have? So when we're using sunlight, when we're using red light therapy, we're, we're taking those photons and your mitochondria is capturing those photons of light sending those electrons through the electron transport chain, through the respiratory chain, and at the end you get the ATP in the water. Mm -hmm. Essentially, and, and it's interesting because you're just adding that in with sunlight and photobiomodulation. Um, so, so to, and also to summarize, mitochondria health is very closely aligned with our tissue health and systemic health, organ health, systemic health. And the sicker the mitochondria, as you're saying, uh, the, the, the more disease, the less efficient the transport chain. So for people to understand, in the mitochondria, there is the electron transport chain that creates energy. Our energy is coming from our mitochondria, right? Yes. So, so it's believed that at the efficiency of which the mitochondria works is basically closely parallel to, parallel to health. Well, that's what you're saying. It's not believed. It's proven. It's proven. Dr. Okay, Doug Wallace has yeah. proven that. And so... Um, Along that line of thought, again, it's all about, like you're saying, the energy production, mm -hmm. but about electrons. Because on the flip side, if we look at inflammation, rapid inflammation, we're all familiar with, which leads to health issues, that's, those are protons. Mm -hmm. So you have too many protons, you have too much inflammation, yeah. that literally lowers your pH, you become more acidic mm -hmm. by adding more electrons, and that's why grounding's so powerful. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was just thinking The magnetic that. flux, yeah, that's yeah. why walking by the ocean, which I've done since I've been here in Southern California get those negative ions from the ocean. Yeah. Uh, the light you're getting from the sun or red light therapy, those are electrons. Mm -hmm. So you're capturing electrons or capturing energy, and that's what it's all about. Isn't it amazing that we have access? So let's say someone's living in North Dakota. They go, oh my God, it's way too cold to put my feet on the ground or Montana, <laughs> right? I, I don't have the ocean, nature, I don't feel like going out. Now we have access to that year round because you can have a red light and you can use it you know, throughout the day or whatever to get those beneficial effects of those, or of, of the production of those ions. That's amazing to me to understand that we can access that. So when you have a red light, it's you, to, to understand, it's the, through the light photons, right? It's activating our electron transport chain. It's, so the mitochondria is the root of where the red light is working, right? Exactly, and that's because on every mitochondria, there's an enzyme called cytochrome C oxidase, mm -hmm. And it's a photo acceptor, so it accepts light. Nice. It specifically yeah. accepts the two spectra uh, of red light therapy, red and near-infrared. Uh, not coincidentally, over 50% of the uh, light that we get from the sun is infrared. So it's not like red therapy was invented and they chose red and they chose near-infrared because they thought those colors were cool or... Yeah. It's because of the mitochondria, and those are the two spectra of light that the cytochrome C oxidase accepts. Thus, those specific wavelengths are what is going to go through the electron transport chain. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I'm thinking to myself, 
what are some of the benefits that we see? What are, what are some of the best researched benefits of the red light therapy for, I know there's a lot of musculoskeletal stuff, um, but what else do we see? So wherever there's mitochondria, there's the potential <laughs> to heal, right? Everywhere. <laughs> and there's mitochondria in every single cell except red blood cells. Mm -hmm. So then that beckons the questions, okay, what is the most mitochondrial dense tissue or what's the most energy dense tissue? Because those are going to probably respond best. Well, that's the brain, heart, muscles, eyes, liver. But again, where there's mitochondria, you can see benefits. So what's the most efficacious? Well, there's a lot of, like you were touting about, wound healing, skin health, anti-aging, getting rid of the wrinkles, boosting collagen and elastin production. And then there's the pain aspect, kind of like I was talking about with dry needling. And the reason that dry needling works so well is because it drives down inflammation, improves circulation like that. Same thing with red light therapy, you're going to reduce inflammation, improve circulation, but then also boost the health and functioning of your mitochondria. I love that. And, and you, you mentioned the collagen, and this is a little secret. <laughs> see, I did, the, I did a um, skin health show. Talked about all the things that we see in evidence that do help. Some of the stuff that is just like, why are you buying that? You're going to waste your money. <laughs> but one of the secret ones that I mentioned was the red light therapy. Because I was reading a study that they actually saw a difference in collagen before and after yep. red light therapy intervention. And I go, okay, we're taking all these collagen supplements. It may or may not work in the body, depending on what your yes. body needs. But you mean to tell me that if I put red light on my face, that it's going to build up collagen before and after? We can see that in imaging? That was incredible because I was like, that's the secret weapon right here. Right. Right? To, right. to longevity and anti-aging. And so many of us, we want to we look young. We want to feel young. So, uh, so there, I know there's a lot of folks listening because I talk a lot about, about like toxicity and EMFs. Yes. Should they be worried about EMFs from red lights? Well, that's one thing when, if you're interested in purchasing a device, that's one thing you want to look for is what's the EMF emission, what's the light flicker, and between those two, it's very safe. Mm -hmm. If you have a handheld device, like I believe you have the Shine, yeah. since that's not, you know, plugged into electricity, that has zero EMFs, zero uh, light flicker. So you can put that thing right on your skin without having to worry about that. Nice. What is light flicker? So light flicker is in our cell phones, uh, computers, whenever there's a light on, we can't perceive it with a naked eye, but it's flickering at a very high rate. And so when we're surrounded by non-native light, it's not good for our eyes. And of course, our eyes are connected to our brain. So you can see fatigue rates go up. You can see mood and behavioral disorders uh, kind of creep up. It doesn't necessarily happen instantaneously, but if you work in an office setting all the time, or you're looking at your uh, computer screen for too long, right. that's where those, starts, uh, those types of things start to set in. Mm -hmm. And so when I was uh, developing the devices for BioLight, that was just low-hanging fruit to reduce the EMFs as low as possible and the light flicker. Yeah. So our devices, the, the panels that are plugged into electricity, have one hertz flicker rate, which is one flicker per second. Most other panels or devices on the market are 40 to 60 hertz, mm -hmm. sometimes up to 100 and again, that's per second. You're not going to see it with a naked eye. I think you can record it with a phone and you're able to see that. Yeah, it's like sort of when you have it on your, your phone on your computer exactly. screen and you could see the flicker and you exactly. go, why can I see this with my eye? Yep. It's, it's that, right? It's kind of innocuous. You, you can't tell it's there until you start getting these, you know, issues. Yeah. So, and that's indicative of what EMF, like basically, or like how it's disrupting your rhythms. Oh, the light flicker? Yeah, the light flicker. Yeah, it's just sending mixed signals to your eyes, and then your brain's picking up. Uh, again, it's not normal. Yeah. The yeah. sun doesn't have flicker. Yeah. So, again, it's just a foreign thing to our biology, and so that's that's kind of the trickle-down effect is the fatigue and the, the, the mood disorder type yeah. of stuff. So I'd be interested to talk about – I talk a lot about circadian rhythms, right? Like what – we do when we wake up, putting our feet on the ground, looking at the sun, cortisol awakening response, so important. Where does the red light come in in circadian rhythm? Do we do, do folks who, who want to purchase one or integrate into their life, maybe go to a place that has red light, red light? Do we do it in the morning? Do we do it at night? Does it, is there anything, any data with circadian rhythm? I haven't seen a lot of specific research looking at circadian rhythm and photobiomodulation, mm -hmm. but... There's a lot of anecdotes or case studies or uh, customers that have just responded or, you know, gotten back to me and reported how much their sleep has improved. It's higher quality. Yeah. They're getting more restful sleep. And it's almost instantaneous. 
And of course, the lower quality of sleep you have or the less healthy you are, the more you're going to respond to red light therapy, if that yeah. makes sense. If yeah. you're a healthy person, you're not necessarily going to notice a lot. But uh, the proof will be in the pudding when 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if you're using red light therapy on a consistent basis, and you're much more vibrant, you're looking much more younger than your counterparts, then all of a sudden it's like red light therapy has probably done its thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So to answer your question, there's, I don't think there's specific research on circadian rhythm in red light therapy, but it makes sense from a physiological, from a mechanis me mechanistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. There are some pieces of research showing it improves your sleep, but again, it's more anecdotal, it's more case study. And so to answer your question about timing, that kind of brings up another issue. Some people feel very, very relaxed by red light therapy. Yeah. Some people feel quite energized, which makes sense because you're boosting the mitochondria. So if you're very relaxed by it, where some people almost get um, sedated because it's so relaxing. It is really relaxing. Right? It's warm too, you know? Exactly, like, so in the, yeah. especially in the winter up yeah. in Montana. So, but if that's the case, maybe you don't want to do it first thing in the morning. Right. If you really do kind of, you know, wind down, if you will, mm -hmm. unless you're doing some breath work or some meditation and it kind of just sets you up for your day, mm -hmm. perfect. And on the flip side, if you get very energized, you don't want to do it right before bed. Yeah. And so I always suggest at least 90 minutes, maybe even two hours if you get energized. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a good way to put it for, for folks out there who are looking to get one. It, it just depends on the person. One thing I, I read a little bit about was thyroid markers. And a lot of folks out there are suffering with Hashimoto's or hypothyroid or uh, other autoimmune diseases in their body. It was really cool to see that because it's pretty common in a lot of folks. And I was looking at that thyroid uh, markers were improved with red light therapy. I think it was like just for a few minutes. I was like, whoa. Yeah, the dosage do doesn't need to be high yeah. for a lot of stuff to see results. And yeah, in the, I think in the research you're alluding to, a lot of the people were able to significantly reduce their medication, if not yeah, get off it was, completely. Yeah, it was with the medication, so like, yeah. That's pretty darn powerful. Yeah. Just uh, with something as simple, simple as light, right? Yeah. Non-invasive, very safe. And that's the other thing about red light therapy is it's very, very low risk high, high reward. Yeah. So as far as like trying to improve your health and wellness, it seems like something that almost everyone should be integrating. Okay. So for the fellas out there, for the men listening, what about testosterone? Is there anything with testosterone in red light? Seemingly, but yeah. again, kind of like circadian rhythm, there's nothing, at least that I've seen in the research that it's like, you can hang your hat on that it's safe and it's going to improve your testosterone. Yeah. But there's a lot of anecdotes yeah. like the Ben Greenfields of the world, or um, I have a couple of professional athletes that have kind of done their own N equals one mm -hmm. and they've used, um, I forget which uh, company they used to track their blood marker, but right. there was a major inflection point from the moment they used red light therapy in their testosterone level. Yeah. And then Tyler from functional. Yeah. Foods, that's, so that's what I think. Yeah. That's like what I'm actually thinking about. Equals one. That's why I was thinking about that. So there's no scientific research per se that I know of, Yeah. but there's starting to become a lot of uh, case studies piling up or a lot of anecdotes. And so it makes sense. I'm actually, I'm actually motivated by this yeah. because I'd love to test my serum testosterone um, maybe do a Dutch test to do urine, urine, mm -hmm. testosterone, and just look and then do consistent, uh, bio light, uh, to my scrotum and, and see where that lands after a month, maybe, or maybe to like six weeks to, to eight weeks. I'd love to see that particularly because there's so many of us, uh, us guys, we want to keep our testosterone up, right? Come 30, it's already coming down. Yep. We want to keep it up. And, um, how easy a hack that could take five minutes every single day that'll benefit your testosterone aside from getting a good sleep, you know, working out obviously, but we can add that into it. I love that. I mean, look for the viewers and listeners, this is one of my number one hacks that I do every single day. Really easy. Doesn't take much time. I turn on my phone every morning. Uh, like after my rituals, it's part of, you know, I do my rituals, turn on my phone. And when I turn it on and answer messages, I put on the light. Yep. So that way I can answer all the messages in the morning. By the time I'm done, the light's done. I'm good. So you, you sort of like integrate it. So you don't, it, it just, it just works for you. Mm -hmm. So aside from the light, I know you live in Montana. What are some other things that you do? How do you get closer to nature? Cause that's a huge overarching theme in this show. How do we get closer to nature, resiliency, cheap things that we can do? Well, live in Montana. Live in Montana, <laughs> I know. Um, so like I was telling it's you before the show, there. absolutely. So I live in western Montana where the mountains are. 
Um, in eastern Montana, it's more plains than just flatland. But so I live, um, my wife and I live 50 yards from a river, the Bitterroot River, and it gets ice cold from fall to spring. So deep plunges, which is kind of a good segue. I don't want to get too derailed here, but the reason why like cold plunges work so well for your mitochondria is because when you get in the cold water, it forces your mitochondria to produce infrared light. And so I think this is what I wanted to talk about when I said 20 minutes later or 20 minutes yeah. before we should talk about water for a second. So going back to the electron transport chain for a second here, bear with me, audience. <laughs> um, but the respiratory chain is surrounded by water. And we know what happens when we put water into a freezer. It expands. Mm -hmm. So when water get, gets colder, it gets, you know, expands more. And when that happens, your respiratory chain uh, separates more. And that's where you lose those electrons. Mm -hmm. You lose energy. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. But what happens on the flip side? What happens when you heat water? The, it, the, it condenses. It condenses. Yeah, the chain gets closer. So now back to the cold plunges. Right. You go into the cold plunge. It forces your body to thermoregulate. Your mitochondria produces more IR, infrared light, brings that respiratory chain closer together. Mm. Now those electrons are tunneling much more efficiently. Because of the production of the infrared light? Because you're in cold water. Because you're in cold water. Okay, interesting. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And on the flip side, when people get dehydrated when they're in the hot, hot sun for too long and they're not uh, used to that, like me from Montana, being yeah. down here in LA, the heat kind of inhibits your mitochondrial production of IR. So things kind of separate a little more. Electrons aren't as efficient. And if they're not as efficient, your mitochondria is not producing as much water. So again, if, you're, if you get too hot, your body does the opposite. It tries to cool down. Mm -hmm. So now you're not uh, producing uh, as see. much water. The respiratory chain uh, separates, and then your body's producing less water. Wow. And then you're dehydrated. Wow. Interesting. So back to Montana. So cold plunges in the river. I live about five minutes from a beautiful hike in a canyon in, in the forest, essentially. Mm. You, you walk a mile in, you can pick huckleberries. Uh, Ten miles in, there, there's some lakes. So if I need to decompress or just kind of get away from my work for a little bit, I have to drive five minutes and I'm, I'm in the wilderness. I'm nice. in the forest. Love that. So that's, that's a blessing to have that so close to where I live. And then other things I do is in the morning, I wake up with the, with the sun. I don't have an alarm clock. I go out barefoot, look towards the east, watch the sun rise. So I get the grounding. I get the free red light therapy from uh, the sun because at the lowest point, sunrise, sunset, that's where it's the highest predominantly uh, or highest ratio of red and near infrared. Mm. So it's free red light therapy for your body. And that's probably the best way to set your circadian rhythm mm. is a sunrise, sunset, of course. And then inside my home, I have a hyperbaric chamber, which I use with my patients, but now working out of home, I can use that on a daily basis. And uh, fasting, I typically do, or intermittent fasting, I typically do uh, 12 to 16 hours most days. If, and especially in the winter, sometimes I'll do two to three uh, day fasts, just mm -hmm. water fasts. Mm -hmm. And uh, meditation, some, some Joe Dispenza. I try to do that uh, at least once a day, if not twice a day, his guided meditations. Man, my God, Mike, you are in it. I yeah. love that. I love that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep up with you, man. I'm over here in the mountains of California, and I'm doing something very similar. Although I don't have a river to jump into, I have a, I have a cold fridge in my front that yard that I though, jump right? into. Yeah, I'm screaming to the heavens how I hate my life every single time. My Latin genes are turned on and rebelling <laughs> against the cold weather. So, I love that, man. So. What's uh, the company's name? Biolite? Yes. Okay. Uh, website, all the information. How can we find you? Yeah. So the website is www.biolite.shop, S-H-O-P. So on that website, of course, you can check out the devices, but there's a lot of information. We have a lot of learn pages. So if you're curious about reducing inflammation, there's information, there's research, there's the citations. Yes. And so we have about a dozen of those types of pa uh, pages. So if you're curious just about learning, we have a lot of information on the website too. And then our Instagram is biolite.shop. Again, a lot of information. Um, whenever there's new research, I always post in the stories. So if you want to kind of keep up with the new research or what's going on in red light therapy, check out the Instagram for sure. And then I just started my own podcast specifically on red light therapy called The Red Light District. That's cool. Yeah. That's a cool name. So that's going to be a fun um, 
a fun platform to further educate people and kind of just help grow the awareness, grow the education and get the word out about red light therapy. Yeah. And I think you found the perfect spot on that spectrum where these devices that you're selling are affordable, um, but they're absolutely efficacious. You know, like I've, I've done the research on EMFs. Like this is the reason I use it. I mean, you know, I'm crazy about this stuff, but also to help me. If I have an injury, it helps me for sure. I use it prophylactically. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm 36. I'm trying to look like I'm 25, you know? <laughs> right. So I'm putting it on my face. And, and the, the fact that I know it's safe and effective is really, really powerful. So, yeah, and like you said, you can go on the website, and I open it up, and anytime I need to look at latest research, aside from just DM you, I look on there, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's like chock full of educational material, which is really important to me and really important to my audience. So everyone... Go check out the website, look into getting a uh, red light uh, device in your home, which is amazing for you and your family. I love it. And uh, and then, yeah, check out the pages. Thank you, man. This is so, like, it was really educational. I'm glad that, I mean, you're in it. You're passionate. I can feel it. Thanks for coming and sharing your knowledge with us. Appreciate it, Christian. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. All right, my man, Mike. I told you, he is the red light savant, the guru of red light. So happy to have that conversation. So happy to learn. I've learned a few things from it even more, and, I, and I'll be using my red light more and more and more, um, knowing that it's safe, knowing that it's effective. And if you're interested in it, yeah, um, even reach out to me or reach out to BioLite Company. I'm sure they can give you a discount in my name um, just for the promotion of health and healing. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating, reviewing everything you do to support the show, spreading it. I know I get a lot of DMs from people saying, hey, doc, I love your show. I Everyone that I know, I send it to. And doc G this, doc G that, beautiful. I love it. And uh, this is why I do what I do. It's to empower you all. And so much love, so much love, so much love. Have a good week. And I can't wait to see you on Monday.